Alrighty, uh, tonight I put together a little deal here. I was looking through, I was reading on David, and uh, you know, God loved David. He said, you know, David, even God said David was a man after his own heart. And we know that David made a lot of mistakes in his time, but I just think, like I said before, that just goes to show if God can forgive David for some of the things that he did, he can forgive us. And I think David was showing us that, you know, we're all going to make mistakes, but when we do, God's there still with us. He had forsaken us. He had left us. But we do need to realize that uh, <clears throat> we need to repent and get back before God. Uh, I've been kind of entitled this, Encouraging Others. You know, we really should be encouraging each other in just our daily walk here at church. We've got people going through different things in their life, and they're just, they just need encouragement. And uh, David needed encouragement too. And I'm going to look at a couple things here, but before I do, I've got a scripture, and it's in Hebrews. And uh, I want to read it to us. It's Hebrews 3, chapter 3, verse 13. It says, but exhort or encourage one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See, that was David. His heart was becoming, was, was getting hard. Through some of the things that David had done, in a way, David kind of felt like God had deserted him. Remember, you know, David and Bathsheba, they committed adultery. Bathsheba had a baby. Uh, God took that baby's life because of David's sin. You know, the baby, it was not the baby's fault or anything else, but anyway, that baby went on to heaven to be with God. That baby was not abandoned or anything else. And David even made the statement later on. He says, well, the baby can't come back to me but one day I will go to the baby. So he's saying that, that the baby was in heaven and at one time he would go and he would see his baby again in heaven. And David's heart, heart got kind of hard because he was blaming God really for something that he caused. And uh, so we're going to look at a time, you know, the Bible speaks of a time when David committed a terrible sin. And uh, we know that this sin, you know, when this sin started out, and it just, and that's why sin is. It starts out, but it gets progressively worse usually. It started out uh, with lust in David's eyes, and it ended up with murder. It started out with lust and ended with murder. You know, David lust upon Uriah's wife Bathsheba. And when Bathsheba had, became pregnant with David's baby, that he had Uriah placed on the front lines and had him killed. And 
David was thinking, well, whenever this baby comes, they're going to think it's Uriah. Uriah's, but David knew it was his. And uh, so it started out as a lust and ended up with murder. And, when, and then through all that, David failed to repent. David, after this, went several years, probably at least, probably around a couple years. And that baby was about two years old or so whenever God took it home. So God gave David time to come, repent, and ask for forgiveness. And David never did. We don't know if David just said, well, I, I'm sure the, if, if, if the Lord remembered, he would say something or he would do something. But God was giving David time to come to him and to repent for that sin that he had done. And when David finally failed to repent, God sent Nathan, his prophet, to talk to David. See, this is how much God loved David. And sometimes when we do something we shouldn't do, the Holy Spirit will come right away and remind us, hey, you need to repent. You shouldn't have done that. All of a sudden, you've got a real guilty feeling come up on you. That is God saying, hey, you know what you did. Now repent. And, uh, but when David did repent, well, God sent Nathan, his prophet, to talk to David, to tell David some things. Now this here is God's doing. And <clears throat> I'm going to look here in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1 through 6. This is when God sends Nathan to David to tell David in a way, in a roundabout way, he needs to repent. But I want us to look at how Nathan approached David. He didn't just come in and say, David, you need to repent, you sinned. No, he wanted it to be David's ideal. That, hey, I need to repent. I need to come before God. I need to let him know how, how sorry I am for the sin that I committed. And this is how Nathan approached David. And this is, God had given Nathan these words and these instructions. <clears throat> it said, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said to him, There were two men in one city, one rich and one poor. The rich man had many exceeding flocks and herds of sheep, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb which he had bought and nourished up and grew up together with him and his children. And that lamb did eat his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay at his bosom. And it was unto him as a daughter. And then there came a traveler to the rich man. <clears throat> and, he didn't, and he did not take of his own flock. And his... Excuse me... <clears throat> And there, and there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he did not take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress the wayfaring man that was what had come unto him. But he took the poor man's lamb that he had raised up. It was, a, it was like a pet. It was, it was like part of the family. And he killed it and dressed it out for the man that came to see him. Now this is what Nathan told David. And then uh, look here, it said, And David's anger was greatly kindred against this man. And he said to Nathan, 
as the Lord lives, and the man that has done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. Did you know, ladies, when Nathan came, he didn't begin with a lecture telling David all the things that he had done wrong and how he needed to repent. But he told David a story about two men and their sheep. And uh, Nathan's story did two very important things in David's life. David, you know, if he would just come in and start accusing David of this and that, and you need to do this, you know, well, you know, remember, David was a king. He could have had Nathan killed. He could have got so angry. But God had a way of getting to David to make him understand that uh, he was wrong and he needed to repent. Uh, Nathan's story did two things in David's life. It rekindled the feeling again of compassion and love in David's heart. He thought about this poor man. Why? Why did that man have to go through that? Why was it so bad? And, uh, and, and but we have to remember something about David. David himself, remember, David himself was once a shepherd, so he understood how a man could love and care for his sheep. When David had those sheep, remember, David risked his own life for those sheep. He killed bear. He killed a lion that come in and tried to kill or take care of his sheep. He cared so much for those sheep, he risked his own life to save them. David's heart was for his sheep. And he was, he was going to take care of them whatever the cost was. So he touched David's heart to start out with about these two men and how this one rich man took advantage of this poor man. And see, the thing is, Nathan was talking about David and Uriah. David was a rich man. Uriah was the poor man with one little lamb, which was Bathsheba, his, his wife. And, he, and David is going to realize this here in a few minutes. And, uh, but uh, it touched David's heart, and it even softened David's heart some. You know, God needs a, a pliable heart, something that he can work with. It's hard for God to work with a hard, stony heart. But if he has a soft heart and your heart is willing, God can do anything with that heart. And he knew that if he could just get David's heart right, that he could make David understand he needed to repent, he needed to get rid of that sin in his life. <clears throat> and... Uh, but the other thing it is, it showed David how terrible his sin was. <coughs> Excuse me. Here in 2 Samuel again, chapter 12, verse 7 through 8. And this is Nathan still talking to David. <coughs> and Nathan, after David had said, Nathan, after, after Nathan had told David uh, you know, about the man and the, and the two lambs, or the, or, the, or the lamb that the man had killed, David said, this man shall surely die. It, it made David so mad. But now look, and, and, and Nathan said to David after this, David, you are that man. 
You're the rich man, David. You're the one that took advantage of a poor man and his one little lamb. This says, and this, now this is what God is saying to, to uh, David. This says the Lord God of Israel. <coughs> I anointed you, David, king over Israel, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. Excuse me, And I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house, or I gave you your master's kingship. I gave you his castle. I gave your master's wives unto you. I gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had not been, if, if that had been too little, I would moreover have given you such and such thing. He said, David, if this hadn't been enough, all you had to do was come to me. I'd have given you whatever you wanted. Look at all I did give you. And, and God was at this point, he was getting angry at David because of what David had did. And Nathan told David that, and, David, and Nathan told David that he was that rich man that he was talking about who had taken the poor man's lamb. He was the one who had committed adultery with the neighbor's wife. Can you imagine what David, how, what, what must have went through David at that point? And, and that the guilt and everything that David felt? Maybe David didn't think about some of these things that, that were being brought up. But God wanted to touch David's heart. He wanted David to come back to him. <coughs> and just as David was angry with that evil man and what he had done, well, God was angry at David over what he had done. And he was going to have to have David to repent so that he could forgive him. You know, if, they, if, if we don't repent and come to God when we make a mistake, you talk to God... He, he don't forgive us. We have to ask for that forgiveness. David, as much as that God loved him, as much as David loved God, there had to be repentance in there. Had to be repentance. And David was not doing that. But God was going to make sure David did because God had plans for David's life. So many of us, God's got plans for, but we've got to cooperate with God and what his word tells us. And and this and the sin of this wicked neighbor helped David see how terrible his sin was in God's eyes. When he compared himself to that rich man and what he had done, he began to feel guilty. He knew that he was going to have to repent. He knew that he had to get back right with God. David was the one who even though he had been greatly blessed by God, had forgotten all the blessings that God had put upon him. He became greedy. He became lustful. David could have anything he wanted. David was king. But what David did made God so angry that like I said a while ago, out of God's anger for what David did, one way that God punished David was through his child. 
And then uh, here in 2 Samuel 12, 13. This is where David understands some things that he, and he changes his heart. In 2 Samuel 12, 13, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. I made a mistake. I have sinned against God. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord has put away your sin, and thou shalt not die. When David confessed and admitted, I have sinned. And that's when God forgave him of that sin. And he said, David, you shall not die, for God has put your sin away. You know, that's what God says. He says, when we, when we sin, we come before him. He'll cast that sin as far as east from the west and never bring it up again, never remember it. So God was, fixing, was restoring David. He was forgiving him of that sin. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, just like God wanted David to repent so that he could change his heart and do with David what he wanted to do with David. You know, in a way, it should be our desire when we have a fallen brother or sister to help them come back to Christ. Not put them down. Not try to shame them. But just let them know. God loves you. But in order for you to get back with Christ the way He wants you, you need to repent and you need to forsake the sin which you're in. And that's what God tells us, that when you have sinned, come before me, confess that sin, I'll be faithful and just to forgive that sin, and I'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness, and I'll cleanse you from that sin that you have committed. And I'm never going to bring it up to you again. It's going to be forgotten about. I'm going to restore you. And that's what God wants to do with us. He wants us, when we make a mistake, He wants to restore us. And, uh, you know, when David confessed that he had not only sinned against Uriah, but he had also sinned against his holy and loving God. How many of us have ever, ever come to that conclusion? Lord, I made a mistake. Lord, I sinned. And Lord, I want you to forgive me. I am so sorry for that sin. See, that's what God's waiting for us to do, is to confess it so He can forgive it and forget it. And we can move on in the things that God's got for us to do. And, uh, <clears throat> and I, you know, it's never easy to confront someone that has sinned against Christ. Have you ever tried to talk to someone or confront someone with a sin that you knew about? And you knew that it wasn't pleasing to God? How'd you approach them? Or did you? You know, sometimes when we have to go before somebody, we need to do it very tactfully. Because sometimes the words or the things we say can make it worse by what we say. It can make them matter. It can make them just storm out. It can make them forget about even coming back to church. So we just need to let that person know, look, I love you, and what I'll, I just want to talk to you a minute and tell you what, what, what you need to do, now, and then it's up to you, because I'm, I'm not going to mention it again, 
I'm not going to say anything to anybody else about it, but I just want you to know that you need to go before God and you need to ask God to forgive you of what you've done or what you've been doing. And say, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving it right there. Now you make up your mind what you want to do. As far as I'm concerned, I still love you. You're still my friend. I still care a lot about you. But I want, I, I want God to forgive you. I want you to be back where you were with God. You're separated from God right now because of sin. And God can forgive it. And if He forgives you, that sin is gone. God's forgot about it. He's never going to bring it back up. And He has freed you from sin and He has restored you. But we can get to that point where we really start putting them down to where they don't even want to hear anything. It has to be done, put it like this, it has to be done in love. They have to know that you're loving them enough that you're telling them something that they need to do to be restored back to God. You know, what does the Bible say? For God cannot look upon sin. So if we have sin, God can't look upon it. We're separated from God to the point until we confess that sin and get rid of it. And we just have to explain and say, look, I'm totally telling you this because I love you. And I don't want to see you have to go through things that you can avoid. Because sometimes God will do things in your life. Just like, look at David. Look at all the heartache the misery that David went through until he confessed that he had sinned. And God loved David. He loved him so much he wasn't going to leave him in that condition he was in. David was going to repent because God loved him too much for him not to. So we just sometimes you have to explain to somebody, look, you need to repent. You know what I'm talking about. Now this is the only thing, this is all I'm going to say on it. I'm never bring it up again. I love you. So I've told you what I need to tell you. Now you do with it what you need to do. And sometimes you just have to just be honest, but do it in love. And with compassion, show them that you love them enough, that you care enough about them, that you're telling them about it so they can change their ways. And... Uh, <clears throat> Often, during a time of sin like that, sometimes it's like David, a heart kind of, it grows hard and it becomes stubborn. David's did. And it takes the power of God to break Satan's grip on a person sometimes. But when we confront them with love and let them know we care. See, actually, that's what Nathan was doing. He was telling God, uh, uh, David the story about this so he could get to David and explain to him, David, this is what you've done. This is what God has told me to tell you. He loves you that much that he wants you to know that he, want, he, he needs you to repent. And David went through a lot of problems and a lot of things until he did repent. And uh, 
Here in Psalms 32, verses 3 through 5, talks about just a few of the things that David went through until he repented. David even wrote about it. So we would know. David said, hey, I went through this. I don't want to go through it again, and I don't want you to go through it. But here in Psalms 32.5, this is David speaking. He says, when I kept my silence, or I didn't confess my sin when I should have, my bones waxed old. Wax means to grow. It felt like his bones were growing old, brittle, hurting him. He was in pain. And, and through all my his moaning, his groaning because of the misery he was going through all the day long. Now listen to this. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. God didn't take his hand off of David. He kept pressure on David until David repented. My moisture turned into the drought of summer. Now, now listen to what David does. I acknowledged my sin unto you. I confessed it, God, and I held nothing back. And my iniquity I have not hid. God, I've told you everything. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. In other words, David confessed everything. He held back nothing. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. When I confessed it, and I confessed it in my heart, Lord God, you forgave me. But Lord, I went through so much before I confessed it. Thank you, Lord, for being with me. Thank you for loving me enough, Lord, that you kept your hand on me. And when God had his hand on David, David felt the pressure of God. He knew he had to confess that sin or he would never get back to a normal life again. And uh, But when David confessed that sin and, and, and his iniquity, God set David free and all guilt was gone. And that's what God does for us. When we confess it, he sets us free. Guilt is gone. And we're back in right standings with God. So if you know somebody out there that's living in sin, but yet they're, they're, they still call themselves a Christian, they're going to church and everything like that, maybe you need to say something. But say it in love. You're saying what they need to do to get out of that. God wants to restore them, but they've got to be willing to let God restore them. And sometimes people say, does God even care about me? Yes, he does. You can tell them that. Yes, God cares about you. You know how I know it? Because he sent me to see you. He knows how much I love you, and he knows how much I care about you. And he knows that what I tell you, I'm going to tell you in love. I don't, I, I'm not mad at you. I don't hate you. I love you. That's why I'm here. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't care what you did. But I do. So sometimes when we have to confess somebody and, and, and talk to them about a sin in their life, do it in love and let them know that you care about them and that's why you're telling them. 
See, that's what Nathan did to Daniel. I mean, to, to David. I was reading a deal on Daniel today, so. But uh, it just goes to show that God loves, he loves you just as much as he does David. And he wants your life to be good. He wants you to confess sin when it's there so he can forgive it and where he can bless your life. God cannot bless sin. But when it's gone, God can pour out such blessings that you cannot contain them. That's what it says over in, in uh, Malachi. And God says, For I shall open the windows of blessings, uh, shall open the windows of heaven and pour blessings out on you that you cannot contain. How did you like to have so many blessings that you didn't even know what to do with? Well, God can do it. He wants to bless us. But I just wanted to bring this to you that if there's somebody in your family, in your love, in your life, or a friend that you need to talk to, talk to them. If you don't, don't tell them where their life's going to go, what's going to happen. If David's life had to change right here, we don't know where David would have been. But God was going to see to it that David had that opportunity to confess his sin. We all need that opportunity. And it's there. All we got to do is come before God. and so, Just like David. Lord, I have sinned. You know, in the Bible, David says this about three or four times. It's, all, it's over in Psalms where David comes and Lord, I have sinned. Forgive me, Lord, for I have sinned against you. So just remember, God loves us. We have that opportunity to, to be forgiven. Let's take it. God's got such blessings for us when we do. Let us pray. <clears throat> Father, thank you so much for this story on David and how you turned his life around. Lord, you had blessed him so, but yet, Lord, he still failed. But, Lord, you weren't going to give up on him because you loved him so much. Lord, you're not giving up on us because of your love for us. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'll just watch over us, keep us, walk with us, fill us with your Holy Spirit, O oh Lord, and just let that Holy Spirit walk with us and guide us in the things that you would have us do. Lord, thank you for all your mercy your goodness and your love. And may your blessings follow us wherever we go. And Lord, we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.